0: Hello and welcome to the podcast. Uh, my name is Chris McKeegan. The PT is not part of my name, but I put it in there anyway. And welcome to the final episode of season two of my podcasts. Um, I have got a very special guest with me to finish up this season. But before I bring him on, I would just like to thank the uh, guest on my lost, la- lost my last podcast which I'm desperately trying to frantically look on my podcast list because I can never fucking remember. Uh, Charlie, Charlie Stickley, aka Mr. Massive Chuck Cyrus. You legend. He's a professional wrestler, hence the name. Um, So yeah, my guest today is, uh, what's the best way to describe him? An Australian mashup DJ that's, kind of how I first met you and then you've, yeah, you're still Australian. You don't really DJ <laughs> so much anymore, I believe, but then none of us really have over the last year or so. Um, but yeah, my, my good friend. Um, it's been eight years since we first met. Um, and I will talk about how we first met. But ladies and gentlemen, currently in day six of his hotel quarantine, Dylan Sanders mate how the <laughs> fuck are you
1: <laughs> what an intro um yeah i'm i'm doing okay i'm doing alright uh yeah like you said day 6 of the hotel quarantine so i got here on valentine's day of all days to spend oh mate <laughs> <the hotel> room. <laughs>
0: oh man fucking hell um so yeah <laughs> so this is something i want to kind of talk to you about um But we first met, and correct me if I'm wrong in any of this, but we first met at a gig that a mutual friend of ours organised. Am I right? Yeah, that's correct. In the uh, the infamous no longer nightclub that is Rhino in Southampton. Shout out to Max, who has the tattoo on his hands forever and ever and ever. (laughs) Oh, that was some classic days,
1: actually. That was such a random... Uh, occurrence. I was travelling through Europe, and um, my mate Jimmy, who I'd been following on SoundCloud, like we'd been talking a bit, and he'd been trying to convince me to come and visit him in England. He uh, he reached out and he said, "Look, I, I might be able to s- sneak a gig for us." And originally, it was supposed to be in London, right? Okay, I'm pretty See, sure. I've, I've never
0: heard this side of the story, so this oh. is interesting.
1: Look, my memory's hazy because I've had many a can of Foster since. Um, but, <laughs> but I'm pretty sure the gig was supposed to happen in London and then last minute the venue uh, closed down or something like that or, or there was a double booking uh, and it couldn't go ahead. And so in the end, I think uh, Jimmy scrambled uh, together a, a proposal to, uh, to our mate George Ratsey.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah! Shout out to Ratsey and, and Jimmy. Yeah,
1: to be sh- fair. Shout out, shout out to the to the both of them.
0: Um, to uh, to um, fuck, what were we called? Uh, bring the ruckus!
1: Bring the bring ruckus! Bring the ruckus.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we certainly did.
1: Fuck, oh man! And uh, yeah, so we ended up like uh, doing the show in uh, Southampton uh, at, at Rhino Club, and yeah, yeah, it yeah. was the craziest night that I've ever DJed that it was just incredible I'd met I'd known Jimmy I hadn't met him so I met him that day yeah, yeah. I met Ratsy and I met you all at the same time and we've just been like incredible friends since it's been, yeah, it's man. been
0: very humbling it's um because I remember um, again I haven't heard the story from your side but I knew Jimmy through DJing in Winchester because I believe he was a Winchester boy or went to Winchester University and yeah. I DJ'd in around the area. So that's how I got to know Jimmy. And then I got to know uh, Ratsy kind of just through like social media and stuff. And then I think around the same time, all three of us were like, have you heard of this Dylan dude? He's fucking wicked. Or Jimmy might have <laughs> introduced, he was like, yeah, you need to check this dude out. And yeah, the, ne- <laughs> the next thing I knew it was, oh yeah, like we're DJing in Southampton. Do you want to get involved? And I was DJing in Salisbury that night. I was like... Shit! So I finished my gig at two a.m. Came down to Southampton. I did the uh, did the last uh, the last oh, hour. Yeah. I think you played the last set. That's right. Yeah, and that was the beginning, I believe, of uh, the Flying Spaghetti Monster joke that went on, <laughs> and, on and on and on for many it's years. Still,
1: it's still going to this day. <laughs> you know what? Every
0: every time I hear that, I just I get reminded of that night. Um, flying Spaghetti Monster by I want to say Dr. P off the top of my head. Yeah. Yeah, if you haven't sure it heard it, it is the most ridiculous <laughs> tune ever. And I will never forget Ratsy's face the first time I played it. <laughs> I will never forget it. Um,
1: yeah. All of us but, rushed to the, to the DJ booth just to try and get a track ID when we heard that because it was just oh really? insane. Yeah.
0: It's it's just ridiculous. And I mean, it probably hasn't aged very well in the world of... No you know, you know, deep house and what have you. But yeah, every time I hear it, I just, I just think of you boys and it...
1: Yeah, it was a, a proper the 3am face melter and I think you dropped <laughs> it around about 3am.
0: <laughs> yeah, probably. Um, but we, you know, since then we've DJed a few times. Um, we've DJed... Did we ever do... No, I didn't do... Did I do London or did you... Did we yeah, do London d- together? Uh...
1: I think we did, yeah, yeah. You caught the train in like last minute. You
0: yes, raced yeah, yeah, yeah. in. Yeah, um, that's it. I think because you last were all we actually saw each other, wasn't it? No, 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 no it was. Um, yeah, it was Ratsy's birthday. George's party, birthday. Yeah, thirtieth yeah. or something. Yeah, when was that? Was that like a year, two years ago? Twenty. Well, it definitely wasn't last year. It would have been a year before. So yeah, fucking hell. need two years. It's been a while, mate. Mate. So what's been going on so the last time i saw you was cuz raxy's birthday is a week before mine so it would have been june 2019 and then next thing i knew you you kind of fucked off to like europe and stuff and then yeah obviously, obviously the world went into lockdown and then i saw that you were kind of in like you know the far east area and then you know back in australia so <laughs> what, what's, what's been your story since we last spoke to each other uh well yeah since I last spoke
1: to you like I basically took a couple of gap years I've, I've been working at the record label um in Sydney I've been working at Ministry of Sound um and uh I really loved the job but I just wanted to travel more and so um I ended up just booking a one-way ticket and that's when I uh, I caught up with you in in England
0: and that was that... um that was when you were living with Ratsy wasn't it yeah, yeah, yeah. I stayed with him for a couple of months.
1: Yeah, I remember that. So how's this? As like, I'd booked my ticket, I'd gotten ready for the trip, and then like a week before my flight, I busted my ankle in a motorbike accident. So I couldn't walk. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Fuck's sake. Only so yet. I ended
1: up, I ended up crashing at uh, Ratsy's place for a couple of months, just while I was recovering. Um, shout out to Ratsy for and Sally for the hospitality.
0: I'm sure they'll Um, both listen once they uh, see your face, see your name (laughs) on the... uh...
1: And uh, yeah, after that, I just kind of went traveling through Europe uh, for the good part of a year, Um, just enjoying the sights and and meeting people and just having fun. Because I remember,
0: uh... I remember there was, there was like a, like two or three days in which you were in Paris... And I was coming to Paris, but you left a couple of days before I did. Yeah, that happens a lot during my travels. I'll
1: catch a text just as I'm leaving and someone will be yeah, like, right. I'm in Berlin, let's catch up. And I'm like, oh, I'm literally at I've, the airport I've, right
0: now. I've, I've just left. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yes, and there, and there was a couple heartbreak. of times where we were kind of like, you know, I thought about going here, there. And I was we like, were dude, I'm going go to Barcelona. In, we are almost going to catch up in Ibiza, I think yeah yes we were because um funny story my my ex came out and surprised me on that trip she literally turned up on i think like the fourth day and i was like like, i was was super stoked that she came like it was like the fucking coolest thing but i remember we spoke as i was i think a couple of days while i was due to fly out i was like mate come to ibiza and i was really twisting your arm like come on come on
1: I ended up booking flights to Ibiza. I don't know if it was the same time that you were going to be there, but I didn't end up going because I, um, I got robbed At- in Hungary, in Budapest.
0: Really? Yeah.
1: You didn't hear this story?
0: Mate, I no, I've not heard any of your outrageous <laughs> stories. so I want to hear them all now. So, you got
1: I, uh, Yeah, I, I went out drinking, obviously. Every good That's story good. starts with a bit of alcohol. We went out drinking with a couple of people from the hostel and um, we went to the famous ruin bars. And it was like 3am and we decided to get a round of tequila shots. And I'm pretty sure my drink got spiked because everyone else yeah. was fine. And I, uh, I just Wasn't. felt terrible and I needed to go back to the room. And so uh, the distance between the nightclub and... Um, where I was staying was like about 500 metres. It was like such a short walk, but I never made it back. I woke up at six in the morning um, on the other side of town in between two parked cars just lying on the street. Oh, wow. And so, uh, so yeah, I uh, I checked all my shit and I feel like they'd taken everything except for my phone, which was in like a really... Um, a really hidden pocket in my uh, in my jeans. Okay. Um, and so I managed to figure out where I was and, and walk all the way back to the, the hotel uh, oh, hostel. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I got I got robbed and then I couldn't make it to Ibiza because I didn't have any like ID on me to get on the flight. So I, was, I remember I remember we did to
0: talk about it and I I remember I twisted your arm, be like, come on, come on. Yeah. Oh, but, dude, I was well keen. Fuck it, mate. I. I still think one day we just need to do it. We just need to meet up somewhere <laughs> when, when obviously we're allowed.
1: We need um, to do another bring the ruckus show too. There's so many things on our list that we need to tick off.
0: Oh mate, we haven't. I, I I've DJed I think three times since we all got shut down. One of them was in a empty in an empty nightclub, and it didn't didn't really work out the way I wanted it to. Which yeah, you know it's fair enough the second one was I did a live stream on my mate's kitchen mm-hmm. which again was weird and then I just had a little dick around on my decks uh, the other day but I I really miss it I don't know if you do because you kind of stopped it for a while didn't you you didn't really yeah
1: I kind of semi-retired to be honest <laughs> I was DJing in Sydney um, quite regularly and then, yeah, because I remember I you seeing
0: you do all the boat parties with like your, your mate. Is it Ry- Rylan?
1: Riley. yeah, yeah. That. Yeah, we, we do them in – well, we used to do them in Adelaide. We don't do them anymore. But there, it just – I don't know. It, it happened all of a sudden. I just lost a I lost a bit of love for, for DJing. Um, yeah. I think it was because there was a couple of nights where I was DJing in Sydney and I just realised that I was almost this, like the same age as everyone's father's. I'm like, oh, this doesn't feel right like, this Talking crowd to, the is, wrong,
0: talk to the wrong this, guy about that
1: <laughs> This crowd is too young for me i got to get out of here So I just decided to give it up for a bit um, And I DJ a little bit Like I've probably DJed once in the last 12 months um, Yeah And yeah, I don't know I'll I'll, I'll pick a, a gig that I want to do And I'll, I'll do it But um, I'm certainly not hungry uh, As I used to be
0: Yeah, I don't i don't know if i am to be honest like it's been it's been nice having weekends back because i've been djing every weekend for well over a decade so it's been nice but also weird having i mean not that we could go out or do anything but having friday night and saturday night and being in bed by like 10 o'clock on a friday and saturday night is like even a year in it's still fucking
1: weird it's still a nice novelty so the, yeah the first couple of saturday nights in seemed really odd You're just kind of like pacing around the house fidgeting wondering what to do now it's i'm, just, I'm used you. to it now i'm just like yeah saturday night stay in let's stay <laughs> in. up netflix and just have fun what what is your netflix go-to um i've been watching avatar the last airbender actually okay yeah so like a, a nickelodeon like uh cartoon yeah, yeah yeah anime thing. Yeah really into it. It's like I'm oh, yeah. watching it for the second time now.
0: Fucking hell. I oh, yeah <laughs> what am I watching? I have just started um always sunny in Philadelphia. We don't
1: have that in Australia.
0: Oh god oh, dude I I would give you my login details but I don't know if it works because of like your location. Yeah I need to get a better VPN. Yeah I was gonna say VPNs are the way forward. But yeah. it's only, that yes. and Parks and Recreation have just come on UK Netflix, so I'm. Oh, nice! So I'm yeah, blasting Parks and Rec is solid. <laughs> yeah, mate, just anything that's stupid, and I've also been told I because I've never seen it, but I've been told I need to watch A Big Bang Theory, so I'm kind of chugging way through okay. that.
1: Yeah, I, I still I still well clear of Big Bang Theory, but um, I'm a huge fan of Community. I don't know if you've got it on UK Netflix, but that's definitely worth a look.
0: Uh, that's the one with um donald glover isn't it yeah yeah I, that. I don't think does. it is on uk netflix but if it's not i'll find it somewhere online or yeah you'll be able find to find a country it. that will let me have it i don't know yeah yes. um right so the, the one thing i really wanted to talk to you about was so you just mentioned that you sort of went traveling um so was it around towards the end of 2019
1: Yeah, it was basically from June 2018 up until the end of 2019. Yeah. And then I went back to Australia and spent Christmas with the family, which was great. Yeah, yeah. Um, And went back and did a little bit of DJing, actually. There was a bit of work going around, so I did a couple of gigs here and there just to kind of um, build the bank balance a bit. Nice. And and then, yeah. And then I went to Japan and and went skiing with my mate, Riley. Nice. And then
0: obviously you know but well for and the then, UK anyway it was around March time but yeah yeah, around yeah March the whole world just kind of went yeah some dude in China ate a bat and ruined it for everyone <laughs> yeah <laughs> fucking idiot um, <laughs> so I just I wanted to kind of you know, pick your brain a little bit about your experience because from what I gathered you kind of we're in like the completely other side of the world. And, you know, I don't know if you know much about the UK, but we have dealt with this rather badly. And <laughs> yeah,
1: just, I'm hearing just, a couple of stories.
0: Oh, fucking hell, mate. I, I could spend an hour just bashing our government, <laughs> but, but, but I won't. I shan't. Um, so I just wanted to kind of find out a bit more about how things were for you. Because you mentioned just before I hit the record button that you were obviously in lockdown as well and you were stuck at home but surely it can't be as bad as what we had it um so, yeah well so, I, so basically where, where like where where were you like what happened where where did you I, start your lockdown so i
1: i arrived in malaysia um, february 19 oh my god a year ago tomorrow i Bloody arrived hell. in uh, i arrived in malaysia and um i I had already got myself a job lined up. I was going to be like managing one of the bars there oh, in Georgetown, sweet. and uh, basically they were putting the finish, like the finishing touches on on the on the new bar, and we're ready to launch within the next couple of weeks. And then oh, all this okay. virus yeah. news started kind of coming in, and initially like we didn't take it seriously, certainly not as seriously as we do now. I thought it was no, just no, be like, no,
0: no, no, no We to be fair. You should yeah, have, seen the, me- really like you the should have seen the memes that were floating around the UK. It was fucking hilarious. Yeah, we are all kind of
1: just taking the piss out of this thing. And I, I assumed it would be kind of gone within like a month or so, um, not knowing how serious this thing was. Um, so I decided to stick around in Malaysia and everyone else was was leaving. To go back home. Um, And I I decided to stick it out because uh, the cost to get back to Australia was just incredible. Flight prices just went up way too much um, and I couldn't afford it. So I thought for the same amount of money, I can just hang out in Malaysia for a bit and uh, and ride this thing out, expecting it to be maybe like three months, four months. Yeah. Um, And it turned out to be an an entire year that I stayed there. Um, Luckily, they just kept extending our visas automatically, which was a godsend. Otherwise, I could have gotten into some real trouble. Yeah, right. But uh, yeah, I basically spent the entire year in Malaysia, and initially they handled the situation really well, um, and it was safer than if I had gone back to Australia because Australia was oh, starting wow. to see some. Yeah, Australia was starting to see some spike spike in in cases, uh, whereas Malaysia was was quite um, quite steady. And so, yeah, it, it seemed like the, the better option to... Start. And I ended up, um, I think, locked down for three months the stage. And? Like July, August sort of thing. It was a long time. Yeah, right. And then uh, I basically used that time to learn photography. I picked up a camera at the start of last year. and.
0: I was going to say, because because your instagram has let's just let's just say it's gone up a notch because you were (laughs) you know you 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 always posted you know really stupid instagram pictures (laughs) you know the ones with multiple Dylans still to this day crack me up and then yeah i remember just seeing like these really well shot pictures with you know like amazing filters and stuff and i was just like fucking hell he's you know like to a point where i was like is this this still dylan's instagram <laughs> like, i don't know um
1: yeah i kind of I pivoted saying, away from from posting about djing for to, to posting about like photography
0: <laughs> so is that something you've always wanted to try or you just like fell um, into it because of boredom or what's, what's how did that all come about
1: I guess it's a combination of both I've always kind of been interested in taking pictures and stuff but I never thought I was good enough and then uh, I had all this time out my sleeve we were locked indoors and I thought like there's one of two ways I could like handle this situation of being locked indoors like I can either just smoke a heap of weed and do nothing um, <laughs> and just waste the time um, or I can like try and learn a new skill and so I thought, I'll just just give photography a go. And um, yeah, it's been a year. So far, it's kind of, it's, yeah, I'm, I'm still enjoying it. Um, Good. And there's, there's, it's one of those hobbies where there's just so much to freaking learn that you just, you'll never fully complete it.
0: So yeah, right. It's always, so, it's always fulfilling. So I remember you saying not that long ago that you were potentially looking at like doing weddings and stuff and yeah is it like a is it a career option for you or is it just you know a hobby and you might earn some cash from it i think yeah i definitely want it to be a
1: hobby where i just earn some cash because i think as soon as you turn something like that into a career you kind of lose the love for it and you lose the passion a bit how i felt how i went with djing for a while there yeah like i relied on it solely for my income and it stressed me out that I wasn't getting enough money each week. And then some days, like some weeks, I'd be, I'd be doing really well. And yeah, it kind of, you lose the drive when you have to focus on it so much. For- when,
0: when it becomes a case of, you know, whether your rent gets paid or not. Yeah, I'm totally yeah. with you on that. Of and course. that was obviously when the global bastard hit us. Nightclub mm. shut, so I wasn't able to DJ and I was freaking out going, Fucking hell, like, that's like that's a lot of money I'm losing a month. But it's been a year mm-hmm. now and I've I've adjusted to it. So where were you there, DJing then? You were DJing at uh, Cludo? Yeah, so I was DJing at a place called Cludo in Salisbury. And it's not a big place by like any stretch of imagination, but there's you a know club. When, but but when it's um it's a it's a really small cocktail bar in a really old building which actually works to its benefit so when it's when it I think it used to be like at someone's house because the way it's set up is <laughs> like you cool. kind of you go into like the front door then j- immediately to your right you've got like the the first bar which is, could be someone's like, li- someone's living room and on the left they turn it to a VIP area which it and then you go up some stairs and yeah it's literally it's literally laid out like someone's like an old house so when it gets really busy and it's a bit hot and the music's banging it does have a proper house party vibe to it in my opinion oh wicked like like it's like i i it's one of my favorite places i've ever dj because when it is busy like yeah okay there's not loads of people there but just the vibe is just fucking ridiculous and i've I've had some absolute screamers in there before, like some of the best sets I've ever done in my life. I've done. Yeah, see,
1: the more I DJ, the more I preferred playing in smaller rooms. Oh, 100%. There's like, you can't compare um, playing to a large crowd. Like, I've played to some pretty large crowds uh, in my time, but it's not the same as when you're in a room with, say, 50 people and they are all just like, they're all in the moment and they're all feeding off like everything that you're doing. It's a way better feeling than playing to 10,000 people who are all just on Snapchat. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Do you know what? Like it's really weird trying to explain this to my um, like friends of mine who aren't DJs or people that don't go to like yeah. raves and parties and stuff, but it does sound really cliche, but when you're DJing and you get that feeling like of when, I don't know, like when the whole room is like on the same wavelength and everybody's having a good time, and you're just, like you're not necessarily playing all the top ten bangers, but you're just playing track after track after track, and people are loving it. And the yeah, yeah like it's one of it's one of those things that sometimes, sometimes is better than sex. <laughs> Sometimes. That's that's
1: what kept me going for a while it was like every now and again you just get in the zone and you walk away after a night, you'd be like, Man, that was that was fun. Like Yeah. And I get paid to do this.
0: Yeah, I know, right?
1: The other gigs where you play to four people.
0: <laughs> I've done many of those. So So with with Cluedo, if it is a quiet night and Salisbury shout out to Salisbury Wiltshire. It is a bit of a weird city. It's either everybody's out and it's busy or it's fucking dead. So yeah. I've done I've done the whole I think I once DJ to like no more than six people all night and that's soul destroying. <laughs> soul
1: it's destroying. Even, it's even worse when they start asking for requests and you can't say oh no, god, so There's only yeah, people in there.
0: Yeah. I've I've had that a few times but the only the only thing I like about it when it's dead is you can play your slightly more weirder songs. Yeah, I, I find I would get to get away of playing much weirder stuff, and then I kind of almost road test it. And if those six people are like god their heads, I go, "Well, maybe I could play this to more people." <laughs> and that's how I've, that's how like some of my biggest tracks have kind of sprung to life because I've road tested it to like six people in the barman before, and they've gone, "It's a fucking banger." Yeah. Um, but yeah, I totally agree with you. DJing to a smaller crowd is much better than playing to a bigger crowd. Like yeah. I've I've DJed at uh, one of the biggest UK festivals in front of thousands of people, and don't get me wrong, the visual was fucking awesome, but it was zero vibe. I could have been playing to like four people, because you're so far away from Merman. Yeah. Like, yeah, every now and again, you get a bit of a roar when a drop came in, but... It's not the same as having someone literally fist bumping you for going, oh, fucking nice tube, mate. <laughs> um, how on earth did we even get on DJing?
1: I don't know. We oh, keep it's... going back to it. Yeah, we do. Um, it's because I was saying that, uh, that yeah, I, I don't want photography to be like a actually, career. Yeah. I like, I see, honestly, I see this thing as just like a little stopgap. Like, I, I'd do it for a couple of years, and if it earns me a bit of cash on the side, then I'd be happy. But I don't want it to, to be like all I do.
0: I was gonna say I a little while ago I PT'd a bloke uh, called Cam. Shout out if Cam is listening, probably not. Lovely bloke, proper Scottish lad, um, but he did wedding photography, and I haven't seen him since. Well, obviously, all this has started, but I remember he would he would always say to it he would do like three or four weddings a weekend, and then he would spend the rest of the week having to edit videos, chase invoices and i just thought like yeah right i've got to do elements of that with my job but that doesn't sound like fun like having to work seven <laughs> days a week and spending yeah. the majority of your week doing the bits that you hate but yeah of course you he, 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 he do all right out of it so you know obviously now that yeah australia i mean look, i don't even know what the rules are. i mean you guys are pretty much back to normal over there aren't you more yeah, corona Corona basically doesn't exist as i was flying in i noticed like no
1: one's wearing a mask i don't know what it's like in the uk but like well, when i was staying in malaysia everyone was wearing a mask everyone was social distancing everyone was scanning in with the qr code it was very serious whereas here in australia it's like corona it doesn't exist what are you talking about yeah exactly
0: well i could tell you what the uk is like um so yeah fill me in so what what day is it for the benefit of the podcast it is the 17th of february so we went into uh, so we went into lockdown the first one there have been multiple lockdowns so we'll cover this uh the first one was towards the end of march i can't remember the exact date um but literally like everything was shut but even mcdonald's was closed it was like what the fuck Oh, that's serious. When Maccas closes, then you know yeah, shit's uh, real. Not, not, not even the drive-through, nothing. It was completely shut. We were like, fucking hell. But, it was, but I was talking... So I went to see my mum. Not that I should be admitting this because I'll probably get me a 200-quid fine, but, you know, whatever. I went to see my mum, as in I knocked on her front door and stood two metres away. I yeah. Um, but she was... um. I can't even remember what I was gonna say then, because I was trying to cover my fucking tracks. Um <laughs> It was the start of the lockdown. I in, can't remember in what I was March. gonna say. So you had you had one lockdown yeah. in March and then So and yeah, then we had what
1: happened? They lifted that yeah, and everyone basic, was back to
0: normal? It's a basic right, so we had lockdown and I went to my mum's and she was saying, but like, the first lockdown wasn't too bad because it was still it was still relatively new, so we were all like, okay, well we have to like when we first went grocery shopping you know people were literally like, wiping down all their groceries before handing it over to the cash in and they were wiping it down and you know everything was being very serious but no one was wearing masks <laughs> like no one was wearing masks. they didn't make they didn't make it mandatory until yeah. fucking september so months oh, wow. yeah wow. so first lockdown happened and then they started reopening things in phases so I remember like pubs and restaurants opened fast and then the gyms were last fuck knows why that happened that way around but yeah. it is what it is so we went through the summer um, and then the government did the eat out to help out I don't know if you heard about this but basically the government were giving people 50% off their food bills to go out and eat like Nando's, Wagamama's, McDonald's—like basically every restaurant, every restaurant in the UK was handing fifty percent off. So everyone was just going out. Yes, everyone was going out and eating out all the time, which was fucking brilliant. Like, you know, fifty percent off Nando's, yes please. Hmm. Um, But then November came and they went like very, very quickly, very suddenly. Right, we're going into a one-month lockdown. You know, I was like, all right, okay, as long as it's only a month, I'm okay with it. So I spent that month just sat on my ass playing PlayStation, living the dream, and then yep. it got it got to the t- 23rd of December, and I remember this because I was sat in the gym waiting to close up, and they announced that as a Boxing Day, we're all going into a national lockdown. Dang. It was like, right, cool. Wicked. No, sorry, everyone... In cause they did uh, lockdown in the UK in tiers, so different places were in different tiers. So you had like yeah. tier like tier one, two, three, and then they out of the blue because of this um, London variant that came about tier four. But then beginning of January this went right. Everyone's in like full on national lockdown. You can't do shit. Don't leave wow. your fucking house. That's and. Cool that was the beginning of January and they are apparently going to announce on Monday uh, measures to start lifting the lockdown and it's just like so <laughs> well like because this... I, I spent the whole time in Malaysia our, our
1: experience was slightly different um, uh, we obviously found out that this thing was quite serious uh, towards the end of February and then in March uh, they locked us down Completely. Um, Even put in a curfew. Uh, Couldn't be out. Oh, wow. Uh, Yeah, yeah, couldn't be out past. Uh, Initially, it was 10 p.m. And then um, after about a a couple of weeks of that, they then changed it to 8 Uh, p.m. And that really threw us off because... I tend to get hungry at like 7.30 sort of thing. And that's what yeah, I do yeah, yeah. dinner. But like all the food delivery places were shutting at seven. And so we had to start ordering our dinners at five to get our yeah. order in time. And then I was just eating cold dinners and stuff. Like it's it's not a huge deal, but it just really threw me off. Um, and then having all of these freedoms taken away, like you can't leave your house unless you're getting food. Um every time we walked out of their house we had to have a mask on otherwise uh we would cop a fine of 1000 malaysian ringgit which is roughly 300 aussie which would be about i don't know 200 quid i think
0: yeah we're we're getting (laughs) stung with 200 quid fines at the minute
1: oh yeah and and there would be like constant police patrols uh there'd be military roadblocks um so if they if you were driving out and they and they stopped you on the side of the road and you didn't have a good enough excuse, then then you'd get fined. Um, so it was very strict. Um, yeah, and See, the curfew we, uh, from eight pm until six
0: am every day. See, we didn't have any of that. And like at the time, I was I was like, yeah, you know, we don't have curfews. We can still go out and blah blah blah. But then. You know, look at the UK now. We're fucked. We yeah. are absolutely, like even now. So you're sat in a hotel quarantining. We still yeah. haven't implemented that. Well, our borders, as far <laughs> as I'm aware, are still open, and they're wondering why a new South African variant has come into the country. Well, it's obviously come from fucking South Africa, you idiot. Yeah, and it's um, it's interesting. You say like curfews and stuff because we never had like there was. I remember there was a very brief rumour that they were going to introduce a curfew. I think the, only, the closest thing we got to a curfew is they shut the pubs at 10. Okay. But that was it. Um, but we didn't have any curfews. And even, even now when, you know, the police are supposedly being super strict, I've been stopped about four or five times doing outdoor PT which we're still allowed to do in the UK so I can I can still PT people as long as it's outside Um, but I've had the police come up to me and say you know what what are you up to what what are you doing after this and you know it's uh, compared to other places in the world the UK has been so unstrict with it it's ridiculous like it's absolutely mental the fact that we're supposed to be in a national lockdown and get pretty much every not all of them but pretty much the majority of shops on the high street are either open or you can go for click and collect which is mental you, I can't hear you mate how's this? that's
1: better yeah um, it was completely different in, in Malaysia they took it a lot stricter I think because uh, being in Asia they, they dealt with SARS back in when was that? Like two thousand and two, two thousand and one, or something like that. Yeah, it was a while ago, a long time ago. So they they kind of already had like a bit of a plan in place when it came to like a, a pandemic yeah. of this nature, and so um, they handled it really well to start with. But also the big thing was all the citizens complied, um, and yeah and they all work together um if you were out and you weren't wearing your mask people would remind you hey you should put on a mask like don't like don't get a fine sort of thing um yeah yeah. so it was it was good to see that everyone worked together um to achieve uh like a a common goal everyone hated the fact that we had to get shut down and a lot of businesses went out of basically closed because yeah uh, they lost all their trade but um but everyone still like worked together um, to to get out of the lockdown, and um, it worked um, because they would completely flattened the curve. The the place that I was uh, I was in Penang, uh, which is an island just off the mainland. Yeah. Uh, I think they had zero cases for all, over a month, That's and then know. eventually, eventually they then started lifting all the all the all the restrictions Um, and then it's only been recently over Christmas and and New Year's that's when the cases started rising again because people were congregating and and parties were happening and all that kind of stuff so they've gone back into lockdown as of January 14th and they're still in lockdown until the 4th of March I think that's when it looks like it'll be lifted but it's just one of those things. They they take it like week by week. They change their mind. Yeah.
0: So it all depends. Yeah. It's um. So, it's it like that. It's kind of similar to what's going on over here in the sense that there's one island, the Isle of Man, that is completely uh, non lockdown. So there's no cases. People are out and about, going to the pub, drinking pints, no masks. Wow. Nothing. But then they stopped people from entering the Isle of Man pretty much at the beginning of lockdown. They were like, "Nope, no one's coming in or out. Whereas we've just kept letting people in.
1: Yeah, well,
0: I'm not saying that's the leading factor. I mean, like you're just saying there, like people in Malaysia kind of helping each other out and going, oh, you know, don't forget to wear your mask. Whereas over here, like, you know, British people are like, we either like to... or we just keep ourselves to ourselves but I see the, the amount of people now I don't like wearing a face mask I've got glasses a beard and a nose ring I've got three obstacles mm. to fit around this thing but I see so many people in the supermarkets not wearing their bloody masks and I'm just like I don't like it but I do it yeah just don't, just don't be a dick and yeah, yeah fair to enough me, if you're not that big a like, deal yeah if you're medically exempt then fair enough but yeah, like you said, it's not a big deal anymore. I just, you know, I've got about seven hundred in my car, every coat pocket. I just whack it on, go to the shop, um, and take it off, and I leave. It's not, it's not that difficult. But some people just, and then there's also things like so, every, so everything round here, for example, is completely shut. Um, but you see people posting their haircut selfies. You know, just like, <laughs> what? Why would you? Why would you make that public? <laughs> Hey, fair enough, if you, if you want to go and get your hair cut, whatever, fine, I'm not here to, you know, grass people up, but don't fucking parade about it, you know, <laughs> we're all going through shit hair times, I mean, I've, I've decided to grow mine out, because why the fuck not, now's a good time to do it. Me too, it's getting a little bit long. I mean, this is the longest my hair has been in a very long time, <laughs> but I'm, I'm just going with it. Um... But yeah, it's so yeah. fascinating hearing how, you know, people, a place like Malaysia have done it completely differently to the UK because we, yeah, we're still in shit creek. The only thing I will say the government have done really well is the vaccine rollout. And that's been, as far as I can tell, it's been pretty solid, but everything else has just been an absolute joke. Yeah. And, well, and we, like the- we must literally be like the laughing stock of the world right now.
1: Well, I, I still think America's got one up on you,
0: but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they always but, will.
1: <laughs> but um, the, one of the big factors why I decided to come back to Australia was because Malaysia's going into another lockdown. And, and to me, um, it looked like it'd be another year before they fully recover. And so yeah. I'd already waited a year. I, I spent a year in Malaysia hoping that this thing would have gone by now. And um, and then when New Year's hit, I just decided, look, it's been a year, you, you tried. Um, it's not happening. It, it's not happening. It's time to go back to Australia and reset. And just as Malaysia's cases were rising, Australia's just been like, it's almost non-existent. I think we've got, for the whole country, we've got about eight seven active That's, cases. Right I was going to
0: say, I saw a graph the other day and it was something like there are seven active cases. Seven. So small. Yeah. I mean, do you want to know how many people died in the UK yesterday because of it? <laughs> yeah, go on. A, a lot. Um, let me see if I can find the... Uh, it's always on the BBC website. Mm. PM to focus on data, not dates in lockdown easing. Fucking knob. Shut up. <laughs> um... They normally have graphs on there. I'll look for like another two seconds, otherwise, this is gonna. Here we go. To, so, 738 people died yesterday. That's
1: died. That's not even active cases. We've got seven active cases. What, how many? Joanna, Joiner. how
0: many? T- so, we've had right. I'll read these out to you. So, total okay, death, go. total deaths hmm. 118,933. Whoa. I mean, in the grand scale of the population, it's still not even 1%, but still, that's a lot of people. That's a lot. Total cases 4,071,185. We've got just shy of 29,000 total cases. Fucking hell. People in hospital, 20,944. Oh, okay, that's a lot. Yeah although it is 67 down from the previous day so <laughs> okay I mean at least it's, a little going down, it's all going down to be fair um, yeah. and then the last one is total um, first vaccine doses given 15,940,972 so oh really 50... that's great yeah uh, mate tell me about it. that's like a quarter of the population almost really? have had their vaccine mental isn't it 364,865 up from the day before. Fantastic. So that's what I mean. The rollout of the vaccine has been lightning quick. But, yeah. I mean, it kind of needed to because we were fucked. Oh yeah, of course. Absolutely fucked. But, I was, one of the things I was going to ask you, actually, um, was yeah. your reasons for going back to Australia because, correct me if I'm wrong, but you're also a UK citizen Am I right? Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. yeah. Got, I mean, I mean, citizenship. I mean, obviously, we all know why you didn't come back to the UK because it is a fucking melting pot. But <laughs> I was going to say to you, like, why, why now did you decide to go home? Because I remember when you left Australia, you were like, I mean, this was a few years ago, but we when we were chatting in Ratsy's living room, you were like, "Nah, I'm done with Australia. I'm never going back. I might settle in the UK." Blah 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 blah. And then, yeah. and then obviously off to eastern europe and then (laughs) yeah here here we are now so what's what's brought you back
1: to australia um yeah i actually thought about going to the uk at one stage um during this whole crisis because uh, i wouldn't have to quarantine um and i had the citizenship so i can just get out there and 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 find a job yeah pretty much um and all sorts of change of scenery for me because I'd never really lived there for, for a longer period of time. Um, and I was I was yeah seriously considering that option, um, but then once once all these cases started rising up and there was that new strain, I just decided that the safest place for me was Australia right now. Um, it certainly wasn't the cheapest. Like this this quarantine in the hotel is costing me quite a bit of money. Let me just see if I can. Um, to, and, you've um, to flip, and you've had to
0: put, and you've had to put that yourself, right?
1: Yeah, so we're paying for the entire experience. It's costing me eighteen hundred pounds. Wow. But that's because I waited. Um, I think the first three months, when Australia um, started asking their citizens to come back, they were footing the bill. The government was footing the bill, and then there was a cutoff and they said at the end of something like July. I said, if you come in after then, or if you book your ticket after then, you're paying it. And so, uh, so yeah, that's why I held out for so long. I'm like, well, three grand, uh, I could stay in Malaysia for an entire year on three grand. Um, yeah, right. And so that's what I did. And now I've just decided, look, I, I can't keep waiting in limbo any longer in Malaysia, nah. waiting for the world to reopen. And it seemed like Europe wasn't really going to reopen anytime soon because that was my next, my next, uh, Destination was somewhere in Europe, and so it's I thought, just, all right, time to go back to Australia and regroup, see the family.
0: Yeah, why not? It's yeah. it seems almost like a almost like a dream that Australia is literally nil. Like yeah. it's it's mental how it's got nothing, and I mean, every, they've I handled mean, it really well. Yeah, I think they have. Um, you know, hindsight, I think if we were more on the ball to begin with we could have avoided a great deal um but yeah we haven't and it's just been a... it's like literally walking past a fire and just chucking more petrol on it as the months <laughs> pass it's just like come on come the fuck well, on like it's
1: worked in our favour like our uh, our TV and film industry is doing really well because uh, a lot of American Hollywood productions are, are moving their operations over to Australia because there's,
0: well, there's, there's no, out no social
1: distancing, there's, like there's no there's no virus to be worried about. Um, and so, I think at the moment they're filming the new Thor film in uh, where are they filming it in Sydney? I think.
0: So no, oh, there's yeah. plenty of there's plenty of
1: Hollywood celebrities like kind of flying over and just. Spending their time in Australia for, for a little while. Oh yeah, while, kind of like, while,
0: um, I heard a story, and I don't know how true this is, but the uh, the tennis that was in Australia recently, they only had to quarantine for like five days or whatever, and it's you know it, it wouldn't surprise yeah. me if like I'm amazed that even like um, uh fuck uh, the UFC for example they um, rather brilliantly they moved all their fights over to Dubai. To get around and then they still haven't got like an audience i think i don't know why they just move don't move all their fight cards to australia then they can have audiences back and same with like you know like any sporting like glow like the nfl for example i don't know why they don't just fucking go to sydney or whatever film all their mean, Australians don't watch NFL that's why (laughs) do you know what I thought for years that British people didn't watch the uh, American football they fucking do whenever they play at Wembley they always say yeah I don't don't even watch the Super Bowl I I think American football is the fucking most pointless game in the world I'm sorry but it really
1: is it's silly, but at least I don't know. Let's let's, let's not get into this argument, right? I still think it's more entertaining <laughs> than football.
0: I, I'm willing to agree with you on that. I'm not a football fan either. And unless not-
1: unless you go for Manchester United and you go see them play Southampton,
0: oh. <laughs> I no, I still wouldn't go. Still wouldn't do it. <laughs> um. So an- another question I wanted to ask. Um, yeah and I've, I've heard a couple of people talk about their experiences already but like so from the minute you land in Australia to you arriving in your hotel what's that what's that entire procedure like because I've heard you know and I've heard different stories from different people but I've heard armed guards and some of them I've heard that you know you literally don't get to pick where you go so if you could enlighten us that would be magnificent
1: yeah okay
0: yeah the entire quarantine experience i left malaysia so, so, um, so yeah you left malaysia was on it the 11th? Day, you said.
1: okay uh i left malaysia on the 11th i think no wait wait, wait. i think it was like the, it was the 13th anyway i i left malaysia um and obviously like the airport was just just barren there was like maybe three people in the entire airport. It was so surreal. It was like post-apocalyptic vibes.
0: Just before you carry on, I went to Edinburgh in September when our lockdown was a lot more eased. And again, Mm. I was in um, Gatwick Gatwick Airport and it was like a ghost town. It was mental. So surreal. Like like all the shops and all the pubs and all the restaurants, except for Weber'spoons were shut. It was fucking Except weird. For weather spoons. Of course, spoons were still open. <laughs> oh, mate. It was the only place I was open, and there was an hour and a half queue, and I was like, do I really oh, want to queue shit. an hour and a half for a pint? So I yeah. stuck in around the back and sat on the table and didn't queue. Losers. Um, so anyway, <laughs> you you get to the airport, and it's dead.
1: Yeah, completely dead. So, like, the. My experience was fantastic. I walked straight up to the check-in desk. I didn't have to wait or anything like that. I got served straight away. They they took all my details. I had to get a COVID test before I left, so I went and got the swab in my nose a couple of days beforehand. Oh yeah, yeah. So I had to I had to show them that, and and they checked it out and they ticked me off, and so I could fly. Um, yeah, went through customs and that was all quite quite chill. And then uh, yeah, boarding the plane, there was five of us, and so we Shut all got like. We basically got a section. Yeah, we got a section of the airplane all to ourselves, basically. And um, flight attendants, like they kept their distance. I got to my seat and there was a bag on there which had uh, a mask, hand sanitizer and snacks for the flight. So they weren't wheeling the the troll down and back. They just basically went, here's enough food and snacks to keep you occupied until we get to Singapore it was only like an hour and a half flight so it wasn't too long oh, so and know. then I got to Singapore and um, we got off the plane and we basically uh, we were all personally escorted to a big holding area it's like a big um, transition gate that they'd kind of just cordoned off from uh, a section of Singapore Changi Airport and uh, yeah I had a uh, 12 hour transit so I'd I basically spent 12 hours just in this cordoned off area with all these other travellers who were um, transiting through Singapore to get to wherever they were going. Yeah, yeah. So I wasn't really comfortable there because it felt like it was a bit of a melting pot of potential... Um, infections yeah so i just tried to keep my distance from everyone and i just hand sanitized as much as possible because i felt if i was ever going to catch this thing in transit
0: it in would that be area is where i
1: would catch it yeah yeah so i kept my distance um unfortunately nothing in singapore airport was open so i couldn't uh i couldn't just go get burger king or anything like that they had uh, food delivery system. Um and there was a choice of like four things that you could basically get. So it was quite minimal, but it was it was adequate. Um and I just spent the entire time there just watching movies, chilling, listening to music, just waiting basically. Yeah, yeah. And then when it came time to get on our flight, we we're all escorted um personally again um to to the aircraft through the security screening process and we were told to keep our distance between each other. Um, it was a very smooth process. They, they, they did it really well. Um, and then when we got on the plane, I think there was about 50 people total on, on my flight to Australia. Um, and I think the, the plane probably would have fit maybe 300 or something like that. So we still say
0: that's not a lot of people. Not at at all. Like I had
1: a huge section of seats just bare around me. Um, and it was great. So I got the entire row to myself. I slept for most of the flight. Um, I was gonna say, like
0: I many, many, many years ago, my dad was based in the Portland Islands and we got a military flight over there and me and my younger brother were like, I think only like four other people were on this flight. So we had an entire row and he'd slipped yeah. up the armrest and he'd just lie down and yeah, it was fucking wicked. So exactly what I mean, I I, I, it's the best place <laughs> I've ever had on a flight. I was going to say, at least you kind of had the option of just being able to stretch your legs and yeah, lie down.
1: Yeah, it was great. The experience was fantastic, actually. And then uh, we got served breakfast um, and that was it. Like, it was just very, yeah, very streamlined and really easy. Um, and then the fun starts when we land in Australia. So we get off the flight and... Immediately we're greeted by this team of people and uh, we're all wearing masks and they take off the mask that we're wearing and they give us a brand new one and then we sanitize our hands. And then we go through to customs. Um, And customs for me was pretty chill because I'm an Australian citizen. So yeah, um, I didn't have anything to declare. I wasn't bringing anything into the country except for your dirty laundry, basically. (laughs) Um, So I went through there and then, uh, and they checked all of our bags just to make sure that what we said uh, was true. And then escorted straight onto a bus. Um, and we didn't like they—they they grabbed our bags and they put our bags on the bus for us. We weren't—we weren't to touch the bags. Uh, we were to keep distance between each other. We got put on this bus, and then we just got taken to a hotel. Like we weren't told anything. It was basically just like. We're going to take you to a hotel. You're going to stay there for 15 days and then we'll release you. Like there was certainly not like, do you want the penthouse suite? Do you want a balcony? <laughs> it was just like, you're getting put here for two weeks. Put up with it.
0: So I was. So uh, which I didn't, I didn't really complain about. So when you're obviously doing this process, like, do you. Uh, try thinking a way to ask this. So do you like give the government your money so if you go right i want to come home please right you need to quarantine for 14 days all right cool i agree all right that's three thousand dollars or whatever who who do you pay that to does that go to the government or like do you yeah it goes back to the well no i don't i like i know it goes to the government
1: somehow um i'm gonna get an invoice at the end of my stay basically they give you a bill and you're given 30 days to pay it off that's fair Um, enough i suppose yeah, uh, you can also work out payment plans if you don't have the funds. You need to prove to them you don't have the, the funds to pay for it. So they'll need yeah. to see bank statements and uh, work slips and all that kind of stuff um, to work out a payment plan. But um, yeah, I guess at the end of this day, they'll just they'll just hand me a big bill and say, put this money into this account before this date. Otherwise, I don't know, they'll double it. I don't, I have no idea. Yeah. Oh, nice. <laughs> um, so but, uh, what? Yeah, we we basically like we we got off the bus and um and they checked us all individually. So we, we got off the bus one by one and we identified our bags. They put our bags up into our room. Um and all the hotel staff they were wearing like safety goggles. They were wearing masks and they were yeah, wearing yeah. like full um like, full PPE uh, gowns. Yeah 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 completely. And uh, we checked in with the concierge, and then we also checked in with the local police. Okay. So then, so they the local police—they are, are fucking yeah. on it, aren't they? They are serious. They really want to contain this thing. Um, so the local, local police just rest, um, just exactly what the the law states. Like if you if you leave your hotel room, you will be fined, and you will be prosecuted. If you open your door without your mask on, you may be fined, um, like all that kind of stuff. They basically just confirmed uh, with us that we knew exactly what uh, was required of us. So I said, yep. Um, And then they took us up to our room and basically just said,
0: see you in two weeks. (laughs) So There you go. So you are currently in day six? Day six, yeah, yeah, yeah. How has your...
1: Actually, do 15 days, 14 days. So the day that you arrive is day zero, but don't count too
0: Oh shit. That kind of makes sense, yeah. I suppose. So hang on, you're on day yeah. day five or day six six. Day six. How how has six yeah, days six. of not leaving your hotel room been?
1: It's been interesting. Look, uh at this moment, it doesn't really seem like that much of a challenge. Like it hasn't affected me too much. Like, um, right, because you're I almost half as almost halfway. From leisure... Yeah, I'm almost halfway. But this is the hard part. The next four or five days is apparently the real challenge. Um, the first like five days apparently is just like you kind of just getting used to your surroundings for us. Um, yeah, because everything's everything's new and um, yeah. I think the next five or six days is going to be a real challenge because that's when the boredom starts to really kick in. Um, but luckily I've had, I've had a very good support network here. Um, I've had mates reach out to me um, just the other day, my mate Riley, he bought me a burger shout out to Riley. Uh, he bought me a burger and got it delivered up to my room. I and saw that. Is that, that was the car park just across
0: the street. I saw but... that. Well, you're the mate, I, I want to give a shout out <laughs> to this dude because like I've all, I've seen him on your posts and stories forever yeah. and he looks like such a fucking
1: dude so he is yeah he's an absolute legend um I've known him for oh god it's almost 15 years now I think but yeah he he bought me a burger and then drove to this rooftop car park that's just right outside my hotel window and he sat out there on a deck chair and I just sat uh <laughs> basically just looking through my window we both Chucked each other on speakerphone And had a one hour conversation While crushing a burgers It was great
0: That's awesome It's just the little things like that That kind of help break up your day Um, Am I right in thinking And I heard this from someone else Are you not even allowed to open your window Or is that a load of bollocks
1: uh, Well I actually don't have an open Like a window too open So I can't um, I believe some other people that are staying here Were lucky enough to get a balcony So they have fresh air Which is great for them um, yeah, and, right. and a decent view. Was unfortunately for me, I I only You've got have the, the view of the back. Yeah, I've got a rooftop car park to look at, and a couple of buildings and stuff as well. There's like I can see a little bit of a street down there. So every now and again, I'll just like people watch for a bit just to kind of break up my day. Yeah, <laughs> but um, it it all depends. It's it's the luck of the draw basically. Some some people get a really good cushy um, room, and then others not so
0: much. So how have you been? dealing with being stuck in a room for 24 hours like have you have you kept a routine as such so what I so I from the very start way back in March I always said to myself I'll stick to my regular bedtime and I'll still wake up at the time I would normally get up and to be fair I've stuck to it pretty much religiously and I think it's done me the world of good because I could easily stay up till four in the morning playing Call of Duty and not wake up till two o'clock in the afternoon so I mean have you got a routine in place or are you literally just waking up and just kind of doing whatever you feel or what's what's
1: getting yeah, you by I've, I've got a routine in place and um, the regular meals that they deliver helps you kind of uh, keep that that routine Um, So every morning between 7 and 9, they deliver breakfast to your door. They basically just drop a bag of food right outside your door and then they knock on your door. And then you have to wait. You have to look through the peephole and make sure that they've left. Yeah. And then you put your mask on, open your door, grab your bag and... and Mask off. Head straight back inside. Yeah. Um, And so that's kind of kept me uh, in a routine because you've got three meals a day delivered at three... um, regular
0: times times,
1: yeah yeah so i've been waking up roughly like between seven and nine because that's when breakfast is um and uh i've been trying to do a bit of exercise every day i'm trying not to overdo it um uh, and i've also like my mate dropped off a playstation so that's been keeping me company as well but i'm trying not to use that too much i don't want that to to completely rule my day um yeah and then in the afternoons i'm catching up with uh uh, a friend, I've got a friend that's staying in Greece at the moment. She's from Denmark. Uh, okay. Every day we, yeah, we we've been meditating with each other every day. Uh, nice. So, we, so it's a bit of a routine. You kind of just like set those things in place and you kind of stick to them. And it, it, it helps
0: uh, break up your days and, and it makes the time go quicker. Yeah, definitely. Um, I'm definitely with you on the whole PlayStation thing. So I don't even touch my games consoles until at least 5 p.m. Otherwise, yeah, I will smart. just happily spend all fucking day on it. That I mean, happened just... to me a, a while ago. I used to, I used to play
1: like eight hours a day, and that was even so... when I was working. I would work, and then I'd get home and I'd turn the PlayStation on. It was just, it was not a good <laughs> habit to have. So I'm glad. So I,
0: I, I so this is another lockdown story. So back at the beginning of March, um, I started dating a girl, um, and she was really into Call of Duty. I never really got into it, but I bought it so that we could play it online together so I could do a little bit of flirting, you know how it is. Yeah, of
1: course. So I
0: buy the new Call of Duty and then they bring out Warzone. I don't know if you heard of it, but it's basically a big Battle Royale version of Call of Duty. It's free. Okay. It's definitely worth getting. Then we can play it online. <laughs> um, but that came out and that was at the beginning of lockdown and I'm still playing it. And on my i've got a playstation 5 so don't be jealous everyone listening um but it tells you how many hours you spent on each game you played mate i've chucked in nearly 450 hours of call of duty since march i know it's tragic isn't it yeah that's like (laughs) two months of gaming in a year that's on one game i'm not sure if i'm impressed or not that's incredible but no, yeah, that's, lock, that's lock, yeah, lockdown one, I chucked I a lot of hours into
1: gaming. Sometimes you do need something like that to keep yourself sane. But uh, yeah, I feel like I'm, I'm glad I don't own one anymore. Um, I'm lucky that uh, my mate Isaac loaned me his. So I only got this for two weeks. So I'll have my two-week fix. And then when I get out of here, that's like I'm, I'm not focusing on that. I need so to go I... get myself a job now. I've been out of a job for three years I need
0: to I need to see this bank <laughs> account grow I was gonna say what's the plan once you know your 14-15 days are up have you got a plan like have you got a place oh. to live are you going back to the parents like what's what's going on I kind of I
1: don't really have much of a plan because I've tried planning out 2020 and look where that got me yeah fucking um, nowhere. <laughs> so my plan is to obviously like once I get out of here I'm moving back in with the parents for a little while I don't know how long we're going to be able to live with each other for um, but uh, luckily the Australian government has a stimulus package, um, I've applied for it and I've gotten approved so uh, that'll help me out with uh, cost of living so I might end up uh, moving in with my mate Riley if I can Nice. And I then, can uh, imagine that'll I mean, be fucking jokes yeah that'll be fun uh, <laughs> that'll be so and much then, fun uh, and then the, the idea is to just go find some work if I can find some work, then that'd be great. Um, I'm not too fussy. Um, don't really want to be cleaning toilets.
0: Um, so I remember you uh, saying that you that you'd be quite happy just to work at like Starbucks or something. Or you yeah, know. I'd be happy just doing barista work or something like that. Oh. Just
1: just anything to kind of keep me busy. Yeah, right. So no, because solid- like this is this is only like like coming back to Australia is only temporary. Like as soon as international borders open up, I'm getting back out there. So I'm not looking for a career job. I don't want to dive into like a a marketing or finance thing that's yeah, yeah. going to lock me just... down for another five years. I, I just need something temporary for about twelve months. And then as soon as the borders open and everything back to normal, I'm probably I'm going to try and go to South America. Oh yeah.
0: I was... yeah. So what what's what's the aim? Not the aim, but. Like with with all your traveling is there have you got like a tick list of countries you want to go to or are you just going i want to go here and here and here and is this how you're going to live like the rest of your life are you going to be like a long-haired 60 year old dude who just <laughs> travels around like yeah maybe I don't, free love
1: i don't know i just know that i i still enjoy traveling and there's so much of the world that i want to see um and i'm only getting older like i just turned 36 and uh, I still want like, to see the world while I, uh, while I have the physical ability to. Like, I want to go hike up the Inca Trail. And I know that I won't be able to do that when I'm 50 or 60. So I might as well do it now.
0: Fuck yeah.
1: I'm young and able. Oh,
0: mate, I had no so, idea you were 36 years old. I thought so yeah, you were younger. My,
1: my plan is to just travel as much as I can.
0: Yeah, no, I'm about 36
1: a month ago. Yeah.
0: Wow i'm uh i'm turning 39 this incredible year. right yeah what, happen- what happens what happens all that you coconut are... oil i've been using mate that's that's, that's the secret my, my secret <laughs> is years and years of coke abuse that's what i tell people
1: <laughs>
0: um um yeah well so see that's my plan it's just to kind
1: of see more of the world and something will fall into my lap like with photography this year that was something i'm really passionate about that yeah. i can Turn into a bit of a side hobby, a bit of a side hustle, and then maybe in five years' time, there's something else I'll fall into that'll turn into a side hustle. So, do
0: you know what, man? It's been really, it's been really good seeing you go from, you know, working for the Ministry of Sounding. You know, you, you know, you had your like your little place in Sydney, and now you're just like a fucking free spirit, yeah. and you know, you seem happy as <laughs> shit. Like, and this is another reason why I wanted to ask you on because the amount of people that I know who seems to think that happiness is getting a, you know, a good career, getting married, having kids and stuff. And it's like, you are the perfect example that at 36 years old, you know, you've went and traveled the world, you spent a year in Malaysia, that unplanned admittedly, and you've just yeah. kind of done your own thing. And, you know, you don't have to answer to anyone and, you know, but I remember, I remember when we last spoke, you said how you literally sold everything you own to get the money to kind of go traveling. Yeah. And, yeah. and, you know, years later, you, like you say you haven't had a job in three years. I mean, fuck me. If that's not the epitome of happiness. I don't know what it is. <laughs> Look, it hasn't, it hasn't all been um,
1: fantastic. there's obviously like some, uh, like, tr- like with travel, like there's, it's not always uh, nice and shiny. Um, there's been some shit situations. I've stayed in some really dodgy hostels and I got robbed in Budapest, and like there's all those things as well. But um, uh, on average, I'm a lot happier now and I really enjoy it. Um, and it was the scariest decision I ever made in my life just to reject everything and, and kind of break all those tethers that were holding me down to, uh, yeah, right. to Australia and, and to my family. But um, it was also the most rewarding I, I would never have made the friendships that i've made and never met the people that i've i met and i would never have had the experiences that i've had and uh, the more that i've done this the more that i've realized like we all like eventually when our time comes we all get buried in the ground and the only thing that you can take with you is your memories absolutely you, like it doesn't matter how much money's in your bank account or how many mercedes benz you own or how, how many cool pieces of fashion that you have in your wardrobe? Like you still get chucked six feet in the dirt. So you may as well enjoy what you have and make as many memories as possible. Cause that, that's what, that's what's going to keep uh, you happy when, when you're old and you can't do this this stuff. Yeah, absolutely. On,
0: on the times that you've had. My, um, so my nan passed away a couple of years ago and I, uh, I remember she said, I remember she saying to my mum like on her deathbed going like, don't bother saving money. You can't take money with you. And ever since then, I've noticed my, so my mum, um, Not quite the same vein as you, but she's just gone, fuck it. I want to go travel everywhere. So she went, funny enough, she was also in Singapore this time last year, which was probably a shit time (laughs) to go to Singapore, but still. (laughs) Um, But she had booked to go to like Thailand and Malaysia. Obviously, all the flights have been cancelled. But the money that we got, um, my brother and I, from my nan, my my mum was like, you two are fucking spending that on a dream holiday. And I was supposed to go to Orlando in March. But that obviously never happened either so I'm firmly with you on the sense that you know some of the ha- some of the most miserable people I know are the ones with the most money and you know money doesn't buy happiness sure you can you know have a good career and have good money and have a nice house but then you're always tied to that house to that career and yeah I just like i gave up a corporate job nearly five years ago to become a self-employed yeah. personal trainer It's the best fucking move i ever made you know I...
1: yeah you'll also you'll also never be happy because you'll always want the newest car and you'll always want the newest watch or you always want like you're always trying to achieve something that's just not like it's like it's not fulfilling
0: the day, at the end of the day my um so my iphone broke just as the 12 was about to come out and I was like I, I don't care so I just went and bought like a second hand older one my laptop here is yeah. a few years old and I, I'm not interested in I mean yeah I went and bought a PlayStation 5 but Boris Johnson actually paid for it so <laughs> um, thanks Boris but yeah I've you know my Apple watch for example I don't know if it comes across the webcam but it's covered in scratches from falling off my skateboard uh. Like no, I, just, I can't say that, that I just pretty good I just don't just don't fucking care at the end at the end of the day like you said yeah. memories are what will get you through when you're older and you know have, having a bit of financial security is nice don't get me wrong but it's not the be all and end all yeah like okay. as long as you can of course. you you're gonna your need some pretty fire stories when you're when you're in the retirement Man. village you're gonna need some pretty fire <laughs> stories if you uh if you want to stay relevant and mate I can imagine you have got a lot of fire so I reckon <laughs> I reckon me, you, Jimmy and Ratsy all in a retirement home fucking hell ah oh, yeah bring the ruckus <laughs> we, we need to do a bring the ruckus once, once we can I still so on my hit list I want to do Australia during Christmas I want to be the sad swat that does Bondi Beach on Christmas day but yeah, I, still, I still haven't been to Australia and I was going to do it last year then obviously yeah. covid hit so one day i promise you we will have a fosters on the sandy beaches of australia somewhere <laughs> it will happen i just don't know when definitely it's going to be difficult to find a fosters because we it just doesn't
1: exist here in australia but um, I, I, we'll I, definitely i,
0: have I, a, I can we'll imagine it does okay I, I can imagine it's <laughs> almost like one of those like you said a beer that doesn't exist and everyone's like for fuck's sake we don't actually drink it Exactly, yeah. I mean, mean, no one drinks Foster's. It tastes like shit. (laughs) But it's cheap. But it's (laughs) cheap. Uh, Mate, it's been a pleasure talking to you for the last hour or so. It's been ages since we last caught up. Um, Yeah, it's been too long. Do you have anything you want to say or plug your socials or any final words before I let you crack on with your sick day in hotel quarantine? um nah I, I'd yeah follow me
1: on, follow me on Instagram find me
0: just find just fine. Just fine. It, basically yeah just find <laughs> Dylan he's uh he's a lot funnier on social media than he makes out to be <laughs> um but yeah dude it's been a real pleasure um and we'll have to do this way more often and definitely, yeah, definitely. once uh once travel is allowed we need to meet up somewhere and just drink an obnoxious amounts of uh what was that shit that we drank in um, Orange Rooms on New Year's Day? Stuff oh. that fucking oh, I don't know. Pulled. That shit that Ratsy always fucking pulls out. Like, oh my god. No, I wanna I say Bu- I wanna say Bucks beers, oh, Buckfast. Not- oh Buckfast. Oh Buckfast. Uh, oh yeah, I forgot Christ. about that. Yeah, Bucky oh, Bomb. Mate, I was so
1: fucked <laughs> that day. It was ridiculous. Yeah, that that stuff completely just absolutely melted your brain. Turns it smooth. I'm,
0: do you know what? I've still got that picture of the three of us in the DJ booth wearing oh, those brilliant. stupid t-shirts, and I haven't got a beard. Nothing. It's weird. that um, uh, it was a classic night. Yeah, we'll have to do one of those. But mate, it's been I a real mean. pleasure. Um, Thank you. And I hope yeah. you enjoy the uh, the rest of your quarantine. But I'll thanks, mate. You on Instagram and buggy to uh, download Warzone and. Just <laughs> fucking all sorts but yeah, mate sure. it's been a real pleasure thanks Chris all Right, take care mate see you mate bye oh hang on oh bollocks I do this every time I don't hit